you have such an eclectic group. Uh, I re- I remember hearing about how you had, even back then when you first started off, how you had like a gang of interns. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh first my of all, God. I want to know, because I was struggling to just get one intern, and here you are, you had a whole gang of interns. Yeah, at one What's point, your secret, bro? At one point, I had like 20, 30 interns. I, didn't, I tell, yo, Nancy, <laughs> didn't I tell you that? I told him, I said, hey, he had like 30 of them. And I was like, how some people are struggling. And meanwhile, he's just collecting them. And you had no funding then. I had no, I had to make it work. (laughs) That's what you got to make it work. You got to tell me the secret. (laughs) Well, it's a couple. Welcome back to It Starts Now, the happy hour of finance and business. My name is Stan Lane. And on this episode, I have a special guest. Um, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Actually testing out a podcast room over at the Gentleman's Factory. And I have a special guest, another member of the factory that's here with me. Yes, uh, yes. Theodore, welcome. welcome. Thank you for having me, man. Um, before we begin, I would like for you to introduce yourself, introduce your company and what you got going on. And then we're going to get a deep dive on um, the situation that we find ourselves in right now. All right. All right. And then then we'll take it from there. My name is Theodore Masio. I am from Queens, New York, born and raised. Mm -hmm. Um, My company is NAM Media. Stands for Natural Organic Media. Um, And in short, our company is digital marketing and video production. That's what we focus in. coming across a lot of digital marketing, focusing on social media marketing in the, in out in the world right now, it's everywhere. Uh, coming across a marketing agency that looks like us is like far and few in between. Right. I haven't right. seen any. No. So, um, yeah, we focus on digital marketing. Um, we pride ourselves on being a diverse team and, you know, video production from high end to low end video production, corporate videos to, to, to movies, to shows, to music videos, that kind of thing. Oh, that's what's up. I didn't even know that tail end of it. Yeah. I just, but you guys made a pivot, right? Initially, yeah, we did. Okay. All right. So initially, what were you guys were into? Like, uh, so initially, we were trying to be the first mainstream food media company. Correct. So um, Similar to Zaga. To Zaga. I'm not even sure who Zaga is. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a new uh, word for me, but... Um, <laughs> What I would like to say is that, you know, you have your eaters, your bon appetits, your your um, condi nasts in the world. And um, surprisingly, I have to look into Zaga now that you said that. Yeah. But is it Zaga or Zagat? I believe it's Zagat. Zagat. Right? Zagat. Zagat. Okay, Zagat. I know what Zagat right. is. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, so that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> like the Zagat ratings. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, Zagat. Now that you said that way. Yeah, okay. Zagat. I know yeah. Zagat. But uh, kind of familiar to Condé Nast, um, Bon Appetit, Eater. Um, there is no mainstream um, food media company in the world right now that is black owned in that space. You know, we have our Ebony's, we have our Blavity's. Um, they all deal in like sports, culture, mm-hmm. social events, fashion, mm-hmm. beauty. But there's no mainstream black owned food media company mm-hmm. that deals with just food. And I thought that was weird because food is like the biggest vehicle of culture. That's how everybody connects. Absolutely. So um, 
you know, we started off as that. That's still in the background. Hmm. That's our passion project. But getting a little funding for that was it's kind of hard. You know how hard it is to get funding out. In these we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Thing, <laughs> so we made a little pivot. We took our strengths and now we're providing it to, for other people and it's, it's taken off. Yeah. I like the whole concept behind uh, what you guys doing organically, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, initially when you guys started out, it started out um, as an idea, as in a concept, right? Yeah. And then you turn, you pivot, turn into a media, but it's still organically driven. Yes. How were you um, able to maintain that culture of of growing something so organically? Because a lot of a lot of companies, including ourselves, always trying to reach that threshold of having some sort some sort of um, organic following. Yeah. How were you able to capture that? Well, <laughs> to start it off with, it's it's the money. So it's just like, yo, we don't have the money to put in the media, so we got to do it. <laughs> we got to do it the cheap way, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it usually when it comes to digital media and marketing, you know, you throw money at it and you get more views, you know. Correct. You know, especially on social media, it's like. $20 a day gets you like this many views on this post or whatever. And that grows. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we start off as a company that didn't have like a marketing budget of like a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or even like twenty dollars. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do we grow our our media company or how do we grow other people's media company organically? And that's just through consistency, um, calls to action, um, just taking the fundamentals of marketing and putting it towards social media and digital marketing. Same way, like, you know, when we used to be on, like, the high school basketball team or football team, the right. coach would be like, fundamentals, wrap up. You yeah, know, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's that kind of thing. So, and it's working. It works. Now, but you were doing this prior to um, pivoting and starting that company. You, the, the food, when you were in the food media, yeah. you had that. How are you still able to maintain it? Consistency, man. You just can't stop. Even if, you know, one thing I actually just posted the other day is like 30% is better than 0%. You can't expect 100% of yourself to be put into, you know, your, your, your company every day. But you have to do something just to show consistency. So, you know, some people, you know, take a break. They're just like... You know, one thing I run a lot, I run into a lot. To, one thing I run into a lot is that when people usually do like you know work on their companies, they're just like, "Man, I can't put this out till it's perfect." You know, right, right. I have to make sure like everything looks right, everybody gets the feel, and you know, I've learned that like that is not the case because this pro progress. Yeah, you gotta you know. Uh, perfection is the is the um, burglar of success or something mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. So you know you gotta even if you don't think it's perfect, you gotta put it out there. You gotta be real with your 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 um your followers. You gotta be real with your community mm -hmm. and and just be like you know this is something we did it didn't work out, but like yeah, what do you guys think about this? Get and, the feedback. You know, get the feedback, and it just grows like that. Yeah. yeah, I think what you guys got going on, in my opinion, it is pretty cool because um being a black face mm -hmm. behind you know uh, this new campaign to have like the the social media do you guys grow the followings too or yeah we grow the followings we do the content most digital media marketing companies probably don't do the content creation they, no. they give you like 
they're just like they do like a deck for you and they're just like hey we think you should do this this and this mm-hmm. you know we suggest that you do this this and this go get the pictures go get the videos send it to us and we'll market it for you right but we, we're like we're all encompassing we're like hey we think this is work this will work this is your target market mm-hmm. this is your call to action mm-hmm. this is your mission and we could do this for you um we could create this for you we could do this for you and then we'll bring it we're just all encompassing how did you how do you establish that how do you establish as far as this would be a good marketing play for you for your your company or for this individual how do you set that apart from everybody else do you there's some kind of like strategy that you use or you watch them you get their bio like how does it work yeah so usually when we onboard a client we have like a google survey and we ask them our surveys probably like 50 questions, 20 to 50 questions. I can't think of off the top of my head. Right. We ask them things like, what are your goals? What's your mission? Like, what do you want people to do? Do you want to just get more followers? Do you want more sales? Um, who inspires you? Who doesn't inspire you? Like, give me some, um, give me some things that you saw across the internet that like you want to emulate. Right. Um, that kind of thing. And then we just build that into a deck saying like, this is the type of person that you want to market. Like someone from 25 to 30 years old, who's a medium income, who, you know, you know, gets attracted to this, that, and the third. And, you know, and we try to um, really build that, that, that marketing um, strategy off that. That's dope. I guess uh, for me, uh, the strategy play that you use is, that 50 questions, I guess, is like a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean. But I guess that's the way you get to get all the information that you need in order for you to make it successful. Now, when you speak to a client, what is it that you're, do you like give them a vision board of what success could look like within a year's time, six years, uh, six mm-hmm. months time? Yeah. Do you have something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot. Going back to the questions, it's a lot, but like the clients are playing a lot for it so it's not like so you know you don't want a client that's going to come and be like just take care of it like they got to answer those questions like like what do you want your end goal to be right right and um you know we usually do give our clients like what success looks like in a six month to a year time like all our contracts are minimum of like three months and like we don't even like doing that because when you're trying to grow your social media when you're trying to grow your marketing presence Mm -hmm. like you're not going to see it in a month or two, like no. a minimum of three months. And still that's like, you know, if you're only going to be with us for three months and then like dip, then it's like, what was the point of doing it anyway? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we do give our clients, um, it's all in the deck, like what it's going to look like in three months, like what we hope to achieve. We do our milestones because the milestones really like give you things to work towards, makes it look like, okay, I'm getting a return on my dollar. Cause that's really what it is. The, the, the clients want a return on their money um, in some way, shape or form that mm-hmm. they deem is um, important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, do you express that to them? Do you express that? Listen, there's a limited, there's a, within a three months gap period is, but so much we can accomplish together, mm-hmm. right? Is that expressed throughout the the journey? Because if I'm hearing that, okay, three months is not ideal expectation. Maybe I should bring it down to 
I, I should move it to more like six months to a mm -hmm. year mm -hmm. to have a lengthy expectation so that way I can budget it properly. Because what happens is we, we budget things with the expectations of we're going to turn it around within this promised time. Mm -hmm. So do you express that by saying, hey, there's a possibility that we may not grow it the way you would like mm -hmm. based off your expectations, but there may be uh, within this three months time, this is what I, we can accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of clients that we run into, like, it's kind of funny nowadays. Most people are just like, I want to go viral. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, but that's bro, the thing right yeah. now. Everybody yeah, that's the thing. Wanted, yeah, yeah, everybody, everybody want to go viral. Everybody wants that, like, hit wonder. Everybody right. wants those, like, 50,000 views, you know? And, um, Granted, we could probably do that on TikTok because TikTok is like exploding right now. Right, and if right, you, right. And if you, we think of original content that we could make with you and like post on TikTok on a consistent basis, then yeah, you you might blow on TikTok, get like thirty thousand views, fifty thousand views, you know. But um, on all the other social media channels, it's like you know you have to mitigate your 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 viral needs. You know, <laughs> like we might be able to make you go viral, but we definitely will be able to get you like a thousand, two thousand. 3,000 new followers with that consistency and, you know, you know, good, good graphics, good visuals, like good message, right. that kind of thing, uh, connecting with your community, that, that kind of thing. So, so you basically outline everything. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's mm -hmm. dope. Yeah. And yeah. Let me, let me, do you believe that this was a good pivot for you? I do believe it was a good pivot for us. Okay. I really do. Because, um, we started eating um, the uh, food, the food media platform in order to tell stories that weren't being told. Right. Right. Um, there are about like 220 ethnicities in the world uh, that are like recognized by the UN. It might be more that's not recognized. Mm -hmm. But when it came to food media, you saw only like the same handful being like repeated all over again. It's just like, there's always like the top pizza shops in the area, like in the top, like, um, top, like tacos and like, yeah. you know, and then when it comes to like, um, the, the, the Michelin guide, you know, you have those top rated restaurants and only about less than 1% are like minority owned right, right, right. restaurants. And, and you're just like, what happened to like all the other, you know, restaurants, mm. all the other ethnicities out there that have like amazing food. Like mm. one, one uh, person I came across was, she's basically like a Russian Asian. And uh, you know how like Russia and Asia, Eek. Russia and Chinese, not Chinese, sorry, Russia and China, mm -hmm. like border each other. Right. So like the most Western part of China and the most Eastern part of, of Russia, like interconnect. And then you have people who look Chinese that speak pure Russian mm -hmm. and they have their own community mm -hmm. and own, you know. Mm. ethnicity and culture out there and food that they eat and it's like you never hear about that but that stuff is amazing and you know we wanted to tell those kind of stories from a diversity aspect especially as like a black man in this i feel like you know we kind of could go places that most people can't right right, right. yeah we kind of could yeah. say a little things a little bit more recklessly or like right. ask questions that people might be offended about right. but we really just want to know we're curious we're nature. curious yeah and so that's what we really want to do. And, you know, we had to pivot a bit and I feel like we're still telling stories. 
we're telling the story that, you know, whether it's a corporate, a corporate brand or, you know, another brand wants to tell over their social media, we're helping them tell their stories and get out to their community, especially from the digital marketing perspective, all the way to the video production, if they want us to create videos for them. So I do think it's a a great pivot. We're getting a lot of content from people. Mm. I'm talking to a lot of people because right now, you know, as a small time video production, I'm acting like the producer. So like, I, I talk to the people, you know, with my team and everything. And so I think it's a great pivot. I think it, it's getting us a lot of content because usually in our contracts, we are like, you have the rights to all your stuff, mm-hmm. but we get to use it in our portfolios. We get to use it in our marketing as well, you know, and most people are cool with that. Yeah. You know? I mean, at the end of the day, you're still marketing for them. Yeah. They get you, another channel. Yeah. yeah you get Right. It's another channel for yeah. them to be, get exposure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I think that's awesome. You, you, you touched on something that brought me back to my childhood memory. So mm-hmm. we had this Asian, well, I thought he was, well, he, don't know how to, I don't know how to explain this story. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he looked Asian, mm-hmm. right? And he probably, you know, background and everything like that is, hey, I'm Asian. But then as we got older and I was like, man, for, you know, Asians can be a little bit rough mm-hmm. and it's not, it's it just, it's just how people, it's, you know, it's how they're brought up. That's the, how they the brought culture. up. Yeah. You know, it all depends on the, uh, yeah, exactly. Their culture and, and how, how they were raised. Right. So they're probably a little bit more straightforward. Certain Asians, like mm-hmm. for example, the Japanese are not, you know, they could be semi timid, not timid, but you know, they're more respectful in how they deliver the message. Whereas mm-hmm. some, other their Asian counterparts are probably a little bit more aggressive yeah. when it comes to certain things. So he was like really aggressive. And then as we got older, we were young and he was on the block, right? And as we got older, we finally built the confidence or the courage to have a conversation with him because you couldn't even approach him. This mm-hmm. guy was like really tough, right? Mm-hmm. And then as I got to know him better, I come to realize he was Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> Same rough exterior, right? Yeah. But he was like, no, I'm, I'm Jamaican. And he was proud. And I would have never guessed looking from the outside. So then when you brought that story yeah. up about having, you know, Russian Asians and then mm-hmm. having their own um, perspective when it comes to food and their cult- different culture, you, it's not a division. It's more of like, all right, this is what we're doing. Yeah. This is what we grew into. Yeah. And so when speaking to him, he was fully Jamaican. Was like, <laughs> there was no Asian in this guy. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm glad you touched on that because it, it reflected something back in the days. Um, I, I, you, you, you decided this is something that was a great pivot. Yeah. I still feel that the story needs to be told for. Yeah, the story absolutely needs to be told. But, you know, okay. if you want to start touching Is that on, something that you're going to touch on later on? You're gonna yeah, we're definitely going to touch on later on okay. because, you know, I like to go back and think about um, this one story I heard where um, uh, Jeff Bezos, there's uh, his old assistant. She didn't really even have a job title. I heard her on a podcast one day and they're asking her, how was it working with Jeff Bezos for the number of years that she was working with? And she was like, I don't even know what title I had. I just helped them with a bunch of stuff. And then she told the story about how um, she had to book him 
he had to go see some sites in Texas, mm-hmm. like all in the same day, but they're ridiculously far away from each other. And he was like, I only have like one day to see it. I need to do it. So this is back in like the 1990s or something when he was first coming up in Amazon. Um, and so she was like, okay, she figured out how to book a chopper, blah, blah, this and that. So booked him a chopper. Come to find out she got a call. The chopper that he went down, he was super excited about, come to find out the chopper that he was on crashed. Ugh. crashed and so she's like oh my god i killed jeff bezos like he's the next like tech guy he's in all the magazines he's like the golden child of the time mm-hmm. and um he ended up being okay right but he ended up buying one of the sites in like texas that he was looking for and she was just like you know back in like 1998 or early 2000s he was doing this and that was now the site of his space thing, the blue, whatever it is. Yeah. The, the, and that just goes to show you that, like, even when he was building Amazon in its infancy, he was already thinking towards, like, 2020, 2021, where he was like, I'm going to create, like, space, something, like, something that has to do with space. Right, right. Blue Origins, that's what it is. I was going to create Blue Origins, and he did it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same thing with me. It's like, I'm building up Nam Media because the reason I had to put a pause on Eat Nam is because no one was providing funding. As a black man, it's hard to get funding. Mm-hmm. Nobody sees the vision. Mm-hmm. You know, I had people who see the vision, but you know, you have to knock on a lot of doors and everything. Mm-hmm. One thing I kept coming back to was at the time we were creating media, we had no, um, we had no income. Right. So it was just like nobody wanted to fund something that was based that's on not generating that's not generate income. That's based on like ads. And when you mm-hmm. say ads for generating income, people get scared. Yeah. Especially people in the media space. It's not like, guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. You need millions of views now mm-hmm. nowadays to mm-hmm. generate like a percentage of income. Mm-hmm. And so we're just like, how are we gonna generate income? And it was just like, okay, why don't we use our capabilities that we're using for ourselves? Right. For other people. Mm-hmm. And you know, we launched that near the end of last quarter, last year, last quarter, like in October, November. And right now we have over like 20K in reoccurring revenue. And, you know, as a small business with like eight employees, mm-hmm. eight to 11 employees, like mm-hmm. when you say like I have 20K in reoccurring revenue and it's just growing, that makes like people's eyes light up. Mm-hmm. And so that that is the goal to like, you know, create this reoccurring revenue system to grow to you know, go back to investors and say like, we have this income, and this is another part of what we're doing, and mm-hmm. then this create those verticals, and then you know we could create that media company because we do want to be like a Blavity, we do want to be like an Eater, we do want to be like that hub where like you have a, a very diverse team telling stories that are told by a diverse team because you go out there and you see like the YouTubes and like the Netflixes and you see like you know these food stories being told by, you know, all these production companies who unfortunately are owned by, you know, white guys at the top. But like, we want to have a role mm-hmm. in that, you know, we want to be like our own Ryan Coogler. That kind right, of thing. right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's amazing. Two, two things. I want, um, one with the Bezos things. Um, one of the things I, I, I research him and Elon and all of them, they, they think in decades, Yes, exactly. They, yeah, when they when they map out something, they map it out for the decade. Yeah. Like, so for the next ten years, I'm gonna accomplish X, X, Y, and Z. They don't. They, you know, they probably have their daily goals, but uh, but the way they view things is always within decades. Yeah. So that that's 
true to what you just, the statement that you made earlier. And then I think the other part of it that going back to the initial start of what um, the mission statement, what started this whole journey mm -hmm. is always a good thing. When you can um, realize, okay, maybe I need to leverage my strengths, mm -hmm. make some money, and then use that as an opportunity to open a door for what initially we had in mind. Exactly. Two things can happen with that, though. One thing is the thing that you're working on can really scale quickly, and then you may not have the opportunity to to go back, mm -hmm. or may not want to because you know now mm -hmm. demand is growing substantially so well that yeah. now it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to occupy my time here for for the time being. Or you can go back to the initial idea, but then you're going to be you work in two yeah. two factions of the company. Well, the thing with that with me is that I learned very quickly, which I feel like is a top of conversation for other people. Is that like you see one thing that I always was so fascinated about is like the media effect. Like if a if a show. If a if a restaurant went viral, right, or like a show featured somebody, right, right, right. a featured like a restaurant, and then now they have lines around the block, right. What I usually see is that those owners, they're like, I fucking hate it. Like I'm like, why do you hate that? Yeah. And they're just like, I used to have a quiet restaurant, yeah. and now I have lines down the block, and this and that, and they're still working every day, and it's just like, you know. Unfortunately, like we weren't taught this. I had to learn this myself, but it's just like, okay, you have lines down the block. So raise your prices and get help. You shouldn't be in the kitchen every day. Yeah. Raise your prices, get help, but and then do something is, else. What happens is a lot of times we don't want to relinquish control. Yeah. And, and that's insane to me. That is insane. <laughs> the other thing that happens is some people just don't know how to delegate. Yeah. And I agree. I, I feel like I still don't know how to delegate, mm -hmm. but I love setting up processes. Uh, I love that, setting that up. That could be your strength. Yeah. Way. I love setting up processes. Like right now in like the digital media thing, like um, we have a bunch of clients. And um, I find that people feel bad about like taking people's idea. I don't. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm hey, probably gonna get wait. killed. No, 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 no. I'm about to, I'm about to co-sign what you just said because Steve Jobs used to steal ideas all the times. He, he went, he went in one time about the mouse. Mm -hmm. I forget where he was at. But anyway, it's out there. If you, if you Google, if you do your research properly, you'll find it. Yeah. So he went out. He, he went somewhere and he saw the mouse. Mm -hmm. And then he stole that idea and took it back and said, hey, I want something like this. Now, the difference is when someone takes an idea and evolves it. Yes. Yeah. And that's exactly what I mean. It's like um, with processes, like we have a bunch of uh, digital marketing clients, right? And right now I'm like dabbling in all of them. But my plan is to get like a head social media marketer. Right. And they take care of that and right. they just report back to me. Right. Um, we have a plan to release um, a digital marketing masterclass for social media where, you know, we run into a lot of people who would love to work with us, but they're like, you're a bit too expensive for us. We want to try this on our own. Mm -hmm. So we're going to create like modules that, you know, people could buy for like less than half the price. And, um, 
and be able to read that, look over it, mm-hmm. and say like, okay, this is how I do this, this is how I do that, this is how I outreach, this is how I do stuff with my community. But how did we come up with this idea? I didn't just come up with this idea out of nowhere. I was doing my research like I usually do nightly or like every now and again with like, what's the next step? What's the next step? And I saw a couple of like people who were doing like master classes, and I was just like, other marketing agencies that do master classes, and it's just like. Right. So I paid for one. It was $1,200, but I paid for one. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, this is awesome. I'll just do this differently. I'll just do this differently. Right. And it's just like, I'll take that idea. I'll kind of evolve it a little bit and pertain it to me because, you know, most of these social media masterclasses are catered to, you know, the white adult who's in like that whitewash industry. There's nobody in our lane doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And that's how I do get a lot of my clients. A lot of my clients, you know, one of our biggest clients right now is Eat Okra. And, you know, the reason they signed with us other than signing with like other marketing companies is because like they felt like they had someone who's a seat at the table who understands them. Yeah. 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 And you guys had a good relationship. Yeah. So it's always good to have a good relationship, but then the vision still has to align. Yeah. But I don't I like relationships do mean everything, but I don't like to like rely on that. Like just because I have a good relationship doesn't mean I'm gonna like be like, yo, let's just give me the job. Like I'm gonna put a a bomb ass deck together yeah. and be like, yo, this is what it looks six from now, this is what it looks one year from now. But as as you should, because yeah. at the end of the day, if he's satisfied, yeah, they satisfied, somebody else is gonna be satisfied. Exactly. If somebody's gonna actually see it. Yeah. So you want to make sure you put your best foot forward yeah. so that way the next person that sees it be like, hold on, I want, I want something like that, yeah. identical to that. Yeah. So I'm a big proponent for setting up processes and making sure like this lane is taken care of on autopilot so I could focus on this lane and scaling. Like Just like you said, they think in decades. Mm-hmm. I actually do in my Google Drive, me and my partner, um, we have uh, like a 10-year plan, eight, five, three and then one year, and then in the one year is like three, six, nine. Yeah. 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 So um, we, we identical in that way because I like to, and I've learned this. Mm-hmm. I've learned this, you know, doing, you know, reading up on, on different successful people that I've learned that, you, you know, it's okay to look that far ahead in decades, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, like, for example, my boy Smitty would be like, all right, I see where you're going. Yeah. Five, six years from now. But what about today and yeah. tomorrow? And I'm like, today, and, and I just feel like today and tomorrow will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. But I also understand that everything is broken down in phases. Yeah. So you got, all right, let's complete phase one before we get there. But you should always keep your eye out for what's to come, what's in the future, yeah. what you plan to do. So even though you have the 10 year, the decade over oversight, yeah. You still have to have the phases in between. Yeah. So. And it takes a special type of person to do that because, you know, nowadays most people can't focus on one thing. Like they, it, it, <laughs> you know what they say that they say the mind, the mind can't really multitask. It, it only does one thing at a time. And the people that are gifted at it, they just they still not multitasking. They just know how to shift from one thing to the next a lot yeah. quicker. That's interesting yeah, you most say that. Because I, I, so yeah. I tell my partner all the time, I'm like, I'm the king of multitasking. I can do a million things. And to an extent, that's like bad <laughs> because like she's just like, you need to focus. And, you know, 
as a business owner, sometimes I could come off crass and crude. And, you know, there are times where I'm just like, you know, things don't get done. I'm like, why don't you just do your fucking job? (laughs) You know? And then she like reels me back in and she's like, sometimes you got to slow down. And I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah, you got to slow down. So he's like, he's like that, right? So my boy, Smitty's like that. He's like, uh, uh, the, the expectation is so high high the expectation so high where it's like bro he's like do you do you (laughs) so i'm more like i'm okay with i'm okay with allowing you to fail yeah all right because i know that you're gonna get it Mm -hmm. you know you have to get it eventually if you don't then you you have to have a conversation but i feel more like okay i'm gonna give you an opportunity yeah for you to make as much errors before you start, because it has to be your own project. It has to be your thing. Yeah. If that's your position, that's your job. Yeah. You have to own it. Own and it. Sometimes the best way to own it is be like, yeah, go take care of it. Yeah. It's like I think the, where I learned that coming up is when I was in corporate. I was in a project manager for local three electricians union, and um, I got a job one day for an electrical shop. And they're just like, you're going to come in as, um, you know, product, part of our like project management estimating team. And I was like, all right, dope. You know, they definitely said team. I got hired. I came into the office. I was the only guy like in that, so to speak, team. There's no team. It was right. just me. Right. Oh, you're part of their team. Yeah, I was part of their <laughs> team. But like, I thought it was like an internal, like estimating project yeah. manager team. And I was just like, what? There's no like head estimator. They're like, nah, it was just you. And so that like year and a half, two years I worked for them, like there was nobody next to me to be like, yo, how do they usually do this? Like, how do you usually do that? So it was me at the age of like, 23 mm-hmm. figuring out processes mm-hmm. like finding out how to do that's where i i say all the time that's where i learned to become a google ninja i, I was about to say <laughs> like, do you do you feel that it helped you a lot absolutely yeah. absolutely being, but i'm pretty sure you was you was like cursing it out like how are they gonna leave me hanging like yeah like but now you're like if it wasn't for this. Yeah, they just, in place where it was just like, it just had to get done. There was no excuse. Like, so I had to Google. I had to, like, figure it out. I had to call people. Like, and I never came in a place. I always worked in a place where it was just like, Theo, do this. Cool. Is this what you want to do? Well, yeah, that's what I want. Okay. Like, you know. But so, this, this gave you opportunity. But they gave you a room for errors, right? They did give me room for errors. Was that Were, were the errors, like, you know. Welcome to no. <laughs> I mean, I got my ass chewed out when the errors did come. But, like, you know, it, it had to be done. It had to be done. It had to be it, done. It's yours, right? Yeah, it's mine. They're paying you to do it. See, that's the thing I, I never agree with. I, I never agree while we onboard somebody. We pay them. And, yeah, you got to leave with context. I'm 100% believer in that. You got to explain to them what it is that we're out to get, what it is what we need. And... X, X, Y, and Z, right? But I never believe on enforcing my, how exactly I want it. Like, yeah. yeah, because then why did I onboard you? I might as well do it myself. Yeah. I brought you on board to have a creativity, a different outlook, a different insight to things. Mm-hmm. So if you're coming on board, I'm expecting you to have some of those credentials already yeah. there, right? I want to see your creativity. I, I want to see that. Yeah. That's 
that makes the team gel because now you're bringing something, a different look to the table. Yeah, yeah. And we're not spinning the table looking at the same things all the time. Now it's some fresh, fresh things in the deck. Yeah. So we could like really, yeah. all right, let's 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 combine our thoughts and our creativity and make yeah. this work. But why on board somebody to give them exactly your whole mindset? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the job, I think. You know, some jobs are just data entry. You know, <laughs> and that's okay. Right. And if you need it done a certain way, it's done a certain way. But Let you know, we're we're in a very creative ah, field, right. so like, I need that cr- creativeness when I hire you. I need to see you shine and be comfortable. Like, like you know, just because you did this graphic or you edited this video doesn't mean it's wrong. I want to see your how how you see it, like right, what right, you right. went to, right, right. and that's why I pride my company on being like diverse because you have someone that looks like me, Theo. You have someone that looks like you. My partner is um, Jewish and Italian, and mm. you know the type of stuff she looks at and the type of stuff she likes. She gels with those clients that like you know gravitate to her. And then yeah. I have another everybody girl got on my team. Palette. Yeah, right. I got another girl on the team who's who's Filipino. Right. And then she has her own like and just having all that diversity come together just allows you to like be able to um you know be palatable to like a wider audience that I'm not seeing that's out there right now. You have such an eclectic group. Uh I re- I remember hearing about how you have even back then, when you first started off, how you had like a gang of interns. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh first my of all, God. I want to know, because I was struggling to just get one intern. And here you are. You had a whole gang of interns. Yeah, at one What's point, your secret, bro? At one point, I had like 20, 30 interns. I, didn't, I tell, yo, Nancy, <laughs> didn't I tell you that? I told him, I said, hey, he had like 30 of them. And I yeah, was like, how I, some people are struggling. And meanwhile, he's just collecting them. And you had no funding then. I had no. F- I had to make it work. <laughs> That's what you got to make it work. You got to tell me the secret. <laughs> well, it's a couple of things. It was just reaching out to colleges. Like I reach out to Howard. I'd reach out to Rutgers. I'd reach out to Stony Brook. Oh, so and- nobody was um, in state. You had everybody someplace else. Well, you know, I started this. I started originally started started the company in September of 2019. So I'm a pandemic company. Which I love because you hear about all the companies that, um, before we get into the interns, you hear about all the companies that started during the like financial crash of yeah. like 2008. 2008, yeah. And they're all like up, up here. There. And I was just like, yo, if, if history is anything, like starting a pandemic company, like 10 years, I'm set, right? Right, right. Um, but yeah, fact that it's pandemic, like everything just happened to work out that like everything is remote. Right. Right. And being a company that, like, is creative, that wrote articles, that needed social media help, that needed website help, that needed all those, like, creative um, creative outlets, mm-hmm. I just reached out to colleges and I went on LinkedIn. And you could post jobs on LinkedIn, as you know. And I would just put interns and I'd be like, I put in big red letters at the top of, like, thing not paid or <laughs> like not paid but like anything mm-hmm. that you do as an intern you could take full credit for mm-hmm. put it in your portfolio mm-hmm. it'll be put on a website i'll give you like a lot of, most of my interns were in um journalism because we were writing a lot of articles at the time about food mm-hmm. so i wanted diverse interns from all walks of life that were loved to write and so we would say like 
we put your name on the byline. It's like most places just like, okay, you write a thing and be like, the Etnam staff wrote it. Like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to say Stanley wrote it, right? right? Even though you're in college right. and you get to be on the byline, it's going to be on the website. You get to put you in your portfolio, you get yeah. the credit. So I said, I'm not paying these interns, which is a big thing nowadays. That's a whole conversation. It's like, should you pay for interns or not? Yeah, yeah. Right. That was the, our, our biggest. Um, mm-hmm. So when I spoke to, not indeed, it was another one I spoke to and, um, well, indeed, one of the guys that worked for Indeed, he helped me create the whole um, uh, the whole wreck. Yeah. To make sure that it was, you know, everything was good. And yeah. Point, it, you know, we crossed our T's dot dot our eyes. But it was another one that I uploaded on before he got a chance to take it. You know, take a look at it, and that was one of the biggest discussions. Should we? pay an intern, should yeah. we pay an intern? What are we offering? Mm-hmm. You know, what are the incentives to mm-hmm. keep them? So it was a lot of issues yeah. going back and forth. And then I was talking to an HR person and they broke it down to me. And then it was like, all right, well, basically you got to pay them something, right? Yeah. So, yeah. but I won't get too much details yeah. of it because I don't know all of it. I just went by what the HR person told me and what the ND person told me. And that was it. Well, yeah, that's a whole, that's a whole conversation. I mean, I remember we had one intern that like pulled us over to like called like a group meeting and was like, we're doing this for you and you're not paying us. And I was just like, bro, you agreed. I, I like in the message to reach. Okay. So, we wouldn't pay, not pay multiple places. We put it on the job description when we reached out to them in the email to like set up an interview. We put it there. Right. To right. Re- we like reiterated like five times. Mm-hmm. And so it's all about just giving something back because most of these interns were in college and they needed credit. And they need someone to sign on a credit on their like credit line. And we were, we were a, a legitimate company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're a legitimate like LLC and now a C Corp. So I could, for the time that you wrote your articles, I could sign off on your paper saying like, hey, he, he was an intern here. This is your college credit. And we even got people who were out of college who just needed the um, the experience, whether it's in social media or whatever we did, that needed it for their portfolio. They needed to sh- it to show places. So we always gave that platform for interns to creatively express themselves and get gain that credit. That's why, you know, that conversation, should we pay the interns, wasn't really um, a big deal for us because it wasn't like we were Google, like not paying you. We were, we were a startup. We yeah, had zero dollars yeah, yeah. to our name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm, prov- I'm, I'm helping you out if you're helping me out. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm super big about communication. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, we had like 30 at one time. That was a stressful time managing 30 people. <laughs> all different personalities, all different personalities, so, all different writing styles, all different like thoughts and processes. But like, yeah, that was, that helped us grow. That did help us grow a well, lot. Well, it kind of helped you grow too. Yeah. You you got a chance to immerse yourself with dealing with multiple people mm-hmm. with multiple skill sets. Right? Yes. And see where I can yeah. implement them in the right position so everybody yeah. could win. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing a lot of people do at companies is that they try to force people into what they need. But you really need to step back and pay attention to like, what are your people's strengths and weaknesses? Absolutely. 
And it's like, don't force them to do something they're not good not at. Com- yeah, yeah. Like, let yeah. them do something they're good at and then find somebody else yeah, for something yeah. that you need. Yeah. Yeah. But th- this been uh, this been great. I just want to say one thing, right? Yeah. I want to make sure that we capture not, not just your thoughts, right? Yeah. Um, I want you to share with people uh, this advice that I tend to ask a lot of people when it comes to giving back to the community. So if somebody was younger than you, because you, you guys are all about the community. Mm-hmm. You guys are all about creating this marketing campaign to that's organic, mm-hmm. that's going to um, get pe- the community involved, get people involved and things like that. So if somebody, you know, a younger version of Theo tries to come out right now and says, listen, I'm interested in doing what you're doing. Yeah. Right? What feedback would you give them to get started now? Um, I would say whatever your passion is, just go for it. I mean, I don't think there's a right answer to that, to be honest. It's like, don't give up. I think that's the biggest thing. There's a lot of things that I did growing up where I was just like, I want to do that. And then it didn't work out. I was like, ah, that's not going to work out. Like, (laughs) you know, and I have this like conviction now. I would say like learn conviction and learn how to problem solve. Yeah. That's what I would say. Because you're going to run into a lot of problems. You're going to run into a lot, a lot of problems. But if you can't problem solve, like, you know, it's going to work out. And, you know, just know it's a time frame. Nothing's going to happen overnight unless you're extremely lucky. Unless you're extremely lucky. Even then. Even then, I think I still think that you still got to put in the work. Yeah, you yeah. Definitely so still even gotta even when you're lucky and you scale quickly, uh, unless you got the right team, yeah. Because I've seen it before. I've seen companies that had the right team and the leader was, you know, yeah. a decent leader. People like him. People respect that the leader, and they made it work. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so even then, I still think that there's a there's some degree. Of work that still, even when you get lucky, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can escape that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, but um, and I know like your leader, your um, entrepreneurship skills came from your parents, right? Your dad. Yeah. So my dad, um, my, both my parents are Haitian, and my dad came here, and you know he started working as like a livery cab driver, yeah, and then he saved up enough money to buy a medallion, a yellow cab medallion. And he bought like a couple, you know, and you know, it sucks to happen with the yellow cab medallion now, but he was managing. Yeah, but at the time, it was, yeah, that yeah, was they go up. You had one. Yeah. And he was managing a couple people. And I think my dad, like he always put into my mind, like you could be whatever you want to be. He was like, Maybe you'll be the first black president of the United States, but Obama beat me. But, <laughs> you know, he would say stuff yeah. like that to me. Like, you know, he, I remember, um, you know, he would make me read, you know, the summer, summer reading list. Mm-hmm. He like pick two books or three books. He used to make me read the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. All the books on that list. So I love like, so it was definitely like, you know, my dad's entrepreneurial and learning spirit and problem solving, you know, traits that he put into me that, that helped me get to where i am right now that's what's up man yeah yeah this has been awesome thank you so much i appreciate um, it man one last thing please let them know where they can reach you at um uh, my personal instagram is teddy b cakes t-e-d-d-y b cakes with the s mm-hmm. um 
we have our food Instagram, which is underscore eat nom e a t n o m, mm-hmm. and our um, digital marketing um, Instagram is underscore nom media n o m m e d i a or nommedia.co. Hey, thank you so much. Um, first of all, I would like to shout out Jeff Lindor for ha- putting this together. We at the Gentleman's Factory. And um, this is their new facility, which encompassed this whole podcast room that they got going on. And um, he asked us to come by and show some love, and, and yeah, which we did. Shout out to Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. Jeff and is doing big things, bro. He's I, another oh, one of my huge things, man. Inspires me, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, just a reminder that you can find us on It Starts Now. The handle is in the description. Remember to subscribe, share. And don't forget to leave a comment or question you'd like us to answer. Thank you for joining us. I am Stan Lane. As always, it starts now.